0: Everybody and welcome back to Actually at Capacity. Today I'm here with Yair. He uh, is currently in Jerusalem, which has been a site of hot discourse recently, and we're going to just talk about a bunch of things. Um so, yeah, how are you doing, Yair?
1: I'm doing great. I'm so glad to um to be here on this podcast um with uh with I'm sorry. I'm still like, um, like it's just morning and my English (laughs) is still like, it's still uploading. (laughs) No, that's totally fair. Um, But it's such an honor. I really like your account. I think you like you're one of the most eloquent and and sharpest people on Twitter.
0: That's very kind of you. Um, I likewise. So, (laughs) so this is going to be a good conversation, I think. So, do you want to tell the audience a bit about yourself?
1: Um, So, my name is Ya'el, and I live in Jerusalem, here in um, occupied Palestine. Um, I'm a Jewish citizen of Israel, though I don't define myself nationally as Israeli. Um, I was born here and so were my parents and many, many generations back um trace in here in Jerusalem, a bit in Hebron also, that, that's now in the West Bank. Um a bit in Yemen as well and a bit in other places. Um I am active on I'm sorry. Again it's like it's a bit before eight. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like voices of um of um like what is it? I think they're they're clearing the, the garbage outside. So it's a bit loud. I also have like ADHD.
0: Oh yeah, no problem. I <laughs> I probably do too. <laughs> um so not to worry. So yeah, so, sorry. So so you're saying so you are currently yeah. in Jerusalem.
1: I work in uh, mainly in in music. Uh, Making music and in, in education, and I have a background of, of working for quite a few years now. Um, in um, should I mention it or not? Okay, no. <laughs> um, there's there's a project that I've been I've been operating that I'm very that I'm very proud of. That's called um, if you translate it to English, um, News from Palestine, and mm-hmm. the project is about um, helping Hebrew speakers. Uh, getting access to non censored news and views of um Palestinians and um arabs uh, from around the world um, The idea is that the the Israeli official formal media is all filled with people who are um ex soldiers or current soldiers so all of them are being, in some way, spokespersons for, for um, the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces. Um, even after, after they leave, um, when they report anything about Palestine, it's usually it's, it's either it has to go through censorship or that they just like to directly get the messages from the police spokespersons or oh, the wow. IDF and just like copy paste it. Um, so um, I had the opportunity to um, to just like start this Twitter account where um, I translate um, news tweets, like word for word from Arabic from uh, Palestinian sources. And uh, one thing that is new to Israelis in that is and just like even the wordings, because some, sometimes it is like the same thing that's being reported, but the wording is different. Um, oh, wow. Like um, when if you're a Hebrew speaker who listens to the news in Hebrew, you would never hear um, Jerusalem being called occupied Jerusalem. So you would never be exposed to the fact that this is how millions of people are experiencing this. And. Um, uh, another example is um, the IDF that is called IDF to <laughs> Hebrew speakers, but usually in in the Palestinian uh, reports, uh, it's called occupation forces. Mm. And um, so it starts with things like that, and a lot of things that are misreported, that are censored, that uh, that Israeli journalists don't feel that are important enough to be uh, reported, like just yesterday, um, from what I read, um, a 14-year-old girl in Jerusalem was arrested by Israeli police because she face-painted uh, the Palestinian flag on like her friend's faces. Oh, wow. And that's a thing that's just like never reported uh, in Israeli media, that and many other much bigger things. Um, a uh, maybe more uh meaningful um, example is what happened in uh, in Gazan in the last um war. Um, it's it, it was very, very, very biased. Um, so I've been doing this project for about four and a half years and um uh, and it's got a pretty serious following, surprisingly. Um, there's about about eight thousand people following, um, which is like big in in Israeli Twitter um, standards. Um, and I was also surprised to learn that there are journalists from every uh, every media platform in Hebrew, from Haaretz, that I heard is is, is a bit well known, on, um, like internationally, to. Um, like every mainstream TV channel in Israel um, every newspaper, every radio station every news site um, there are members of parliament, um that are following this account um,
0: oh wow well that's good I think you know I mean if you follow me on Twitter you probably know my view of just mainstream media in general so which is not very uh favorable and I I think part you know part of the reason why I uh podcast is because I want to have views of people who you would not see on mainstream media so I find that like a very laudable uh project and I something I've heard before that is that in societies. I don't know if you would call Israel settler colonial I know some people find that term like offensive um oh, but
1: I, I find it an accurate description
0: okay of, yeah of
1: the state <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I I I just noticed like for instance in Canada with our indigenous population um we are often kept in the dark about you know how they were treated like the sort of the residential school system, which has been in the news recently due yes. to the finding of two, over 200 uh, dead children's bodies, um, it's it's still wow. something that's very shocking to people because I think that like both the education system and the media has traditionally sort of kept that out of sight, um, and so you know I think it's it's changing a little bit now and it's entering the media and. I'm wondering if you kind of see parallels with that um, in like with Palestine, where whereas like, you know, people who live um, as Israeli citizens uh, don't really see things like the occupation and don't really know much about it. Or is it just that, um, like, is it a willful blindness, do you think? Or do you think it's um, genuinely hidden by the powers that be?
1: Um. I, th- I, th- I see many parallels and I see also the parallels with the way that um, the Israel treats, um, I think minorities, um, I don't know if to call, them, like now I'm saying ethnic minorities, but but really um, the Ashkenazi, which is like, um, it's not always, but like uh, the white Jewish population uh, that has origins in, in Europe mostly is not the majority uh, within Israel, but still like they're one the ones in power. So uh, I'm calling it minority groups, but it's not minorities, right? Um, right. But uh, like the treatment of them reminds me of things that I've heard about a treatment of indigenous population in in, in Canada, like um, like the way um, kids were uh, just kidnapped taken from families by the authorities to um, to educate them better than what the families could, and they were made to. From, from what I hear, um, I'm not I'm not Canadian, so like I, I, no, that's correct. Yeah, anywhere.
0: the rationale was that it was better education, but obviously it was you know and it was more of assimilation.
1: I I heard that um, when they would speak their own languages, they they would be sent to to wash their mouths with soap. Mm -hmm. um things like that have happened in in israel um sometimes there were some children who who were taken like indefinitely from from their uh, families um and the the, there are kids who yeah, I don't know if, if, we, should, if we should go into this, this topic. It's very painful.
0: Yeah, wow, that's, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, in general, we can say, yeah, like there's a lot of things that, yeah. you know, people don't know yes. about, yeah. And there are a lot of parallels.
1: Um, and, and to your question about like, uh, about the way they supported, I feel that there's like the like the thing that's parallel, it's like, it's maybe two things. One is that, yes, people, People don't want to be exposed to to to, to this. I think mm-hmm. that if you can live your life comfortably enough, um, and you can afford not to hear about um, the oppression that you allow, um, I think that people prefer that.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And uh, and also the authorities and people in power prefer that because then there's no outrage if if nobody is aware that there should be.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and recently, you guys just had a, a change in the sort of powers that be, so to speak. Um, so now I believe Naftali Bennett is taking Netanyahu's place. I kind of stopped following the election stuff because it seemed like there was like, ten elections
1: in one year (laughs) yeah and and like and every time I feel like why did I why did I um, make the effort last time (laughs) because it's like every six months there's there's been a new new election right Um, and yeah like I heard you saying um and Now there's going to be a change, and, and and I thought like like the names are going to change.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's what i I mean, I know he's not. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> he's still very right wing. Um, has said some very unpleasant things for sure. Yeah,
1: and um, and it's claimed that he uh, he has um, a part in um in the massacre that happened in Lebanon in the '90s in uh, mm-hmm. uh, Kana, the village. Um, I believe it. I I don't have proof.
0: Right, right. Yeah, um, I hadn't heard that before. I've heard his quotes about like being fine with killing Arabs and stuff. And-
1: yes, and he when he was asked about um about Palestinians and what Israel should do, um, mm-hmm. he said he compared uh, the problem, and I I want to condemn like this just like with the first word like mm-hmm. you don't call a people a problem but he said that the problem could be uh, compared to uh, his friend that's uh, in the army uh, he got shrapnel uh, in his uh, ass and there's and there's nothing that he can do about it because like the operation can't um, get it out oh and my he has just like to to live with the pain and to know that it's there and it's horrible and terrible in so many ways. To say it. Um, one of one of them is that um, even as you compare a, ho- a whole people to something that's stuck in someone's butt, you also have to be very militar- militaristic about it mm-hmm. and say this This happened to me in the army. It's like it's also a lot about, like, it's mostly racism, but it's also right. masculinity and- Yeah,
0: yeah it's funny. I've, I've heard Norman Finkelstein talk about that a lot, like the masculinity elements. Like he was saying that he thinks that it's like very inorganic, um, like this new sort of like masculine posturing. I'm totally going to butcher that though. So, (laughs) but yeah, he has, he has said something about that. Um, I think he was saying like, I, again, I, I, someone will have to verify this, this quote, but I, I did, I have talked to him, uh, in the past. Um, and he was kind of like going on a rant. And so I didn't like, I don't remember everything, but he was talking about how he viewed like, like, he he himself viewed, like, Jewish identity as something, like, very intellectual and cerebral and that, like, Israel is trying to make it, like, something that's, like, very uh, hyper-masculine and, like, aggressive and militaristic when, like, that's, like, not his conception of, like, what a Jewish person is. Um, So he thinks that it's, like, more... Like he almost thinks that like Israel has more of like an American character to it, which I thought was interesting. I mean, I don't know, like I can't speak for any Jewish people on that, but I remember he was going on this long rant (laughs) rant about that. So
1: (laughs) I can uh, can sort of respond to that, but like I I respond to the, like I hear things of this sort from many um, Jewish people who lean to the left in Mm. the west and there's something that um i don't really like about it i feel Mm -hmm. that um it's reductive of the jewish um culture and identity to say that it's about that and i I feel that often it's also it's um it's jewish intellectuals who um i think like i understand that in the west um Jewish identity is not is something that you need to 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 define and and like to say like to me this is Jewish Uh, Mm -hmm. and like here it's like me living within like Jewish Israeli society you don't really have to do that because you just you're just right
0: it's like the defaults identity yeah. yeah yeah And yeah i mean i don't know i i wasn't sure if he was saying it like seriously or if it was like a sort of boomer ish
1: comment <laughs> it's, it's something that's that's I, I i again i don't like it but i feel that's like there's something common uh, among jewish and i dare to say like jewish ashkenazim um, mm, interesting. in the west to sort of say um Judaism is not Israel, which, and and that I feel that's important to say because Israel does present itself as like the representative of the essence of Judaism. Right. Um, but that Netanyahu a few years ago crowned himself to be um, the representative of every Jew in the world. Um <laughs> but But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <That's> um, <brutal.
0: laughs>
1: but yeah. That's brutal. But. But this, um, there's this uh, view of like, trying to, to say that what connects the Jews together is um, the Jewish mind, the, the, mm-hmm. the intellect, like Einstein and um, Spinoza. And I don't know, like, like random intellectuals who, who are Jewish. And people like to say, um, look how many Nobel Prize winners. Right, Uh, are Jewish and I really hate it I think (laughs) yeah like the institution is racist and that's why there's so many white people there in general and I think that Jews like to um, to um, think of people who wouldn't even like accepted as Jews within their own communities or that they just didn't live as Jews and Mm -hmm. they appropriate that and they and like and people like to say we the jewish people invented everything i remember taking part in the seminar where um we learned how um marxism is really jewish and comes from the bible oh interesting
0: i've never heard that take before i mean i've heard it in like a pejorative way like from the like the Nazis who say that like you know like they talk about Judeo-Bolshevism or whatever but I've never yeah. heard it in that. I, I, like respect. I don't know if it's
1: worth the time to yeah <laughs> to <laughs> because it's just it's just not true and right. people can be smart because they are and 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 that's that and I feel that, that like also like it's a very sorry to say but like it's a very white Jewish thing to do this right
0: Interesting yeah I mean I think a lot um, I was just tweeting about this which is funny but like I was tweeting about how there's a tendency to sort of homogenize like Arabness as well um, because there's been a lot of talk recently like oh the Arabs have 22 countries why doesn't why don't the Palestinians go to one of those or yeah. like <laughs> yeah I just
1: heard you tweet about it and I want yeah to- Really, every time you tweet, I, I feel I need to applaud you. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> but it's true. Like, there's a very diverse, I think people don't really understand the diversity um, among these countries. Um, like, I mean, there's similarities between, like, Lebanon and Syria, for sure. But even those are not identical. And those have, like, a very similar dialect and everything. Yeah. And, and so it's, there's a tendency to homogenize. And I think, you know, um, I don't know about with uh, Jewish people, but like you've mentioned before, you, or you mentioned that like, for instance, Ashkenazis are not the majority in Israel. But I feel like, you know, when you see the, like you see, like if Netanyahu is the face of it, then that's kind of what you see. Yeah. And, and so. And
1: is Ashkenazi as well. And, and all the, most of the, uh, the people who work in in Hasbara and, and propaganda for Israel are seem as well, especially like in English, um, except for a few who are Mizrahi, which means uh, Middle Eastern, North African, and uh, mm-hmm. Jews, um, and they, and like when they are spokespeople, like it's all about that,
0: right, right.
1: That look how how um, inclusive and how ethnically diverse everything is. It's and it's so amazing. Um, and uh, what we were talking about before, there was something that I wanted to say. Oh, um, about people seeing the Arab states as homogenous. I think mm-hmm. that uh, um, I think that Zionists do that um, because it serves something. Because otherwise, they would, they, they like, they don't even consider <laughs> Arab countries yeah know. but um, i do so, think
0: pan Arabists do it too sometimes and it is a little bit yeah not great
1: <laughs> yeah and like it's i think for like for every group it's something different and i think mm-hmm. that for zionists is um um it's this tendency to paint the whole world as um, holocaustic and so like Jews from the Middle East and North Africa uh, are just like not considered in general. And then, when when we are, um, then uh, then Zionists try to sort of say that Israel saved us from those from those countries and from the oppression in those countries. And and like that's I think the only thing. I wanted to say this is the only thing that they know about us, but they they know nothing about us really um like you say that culture and nationality and there's so many different things between those countries and within those countries as well mm-hmm. such, such diversity like that would make sense that like every every national group has like diversity,
0: yeah of course
1: um it's like it's to the degree that um that here um jews with origins in morocco for example um they some of them st- still speak moroccan arabic and oh. uh, a- and it's just I-, I feel funny to say because like it should be obvious but it's like foreign for, for non-arabs who who listen to this so arabic has many dialects yeah and, yeah and like people with uh, origins in in lebanon wouldn't mm-hmm. understand people from uh, with origins from Morocco.
0: Oh, I can personally originally? attest to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, this does sound like a completely different language. So.
1: so, yeah. So, like that's one thing, and and then there's like the the way that's that's like it's as if like Palestinians, um, like Zionist can just decide to to trade their homes for homes that are so far from here, that like places that they've never been in, that are not a part of the culture, and mm-hmm. and that, all that like doesn't matter. It's just like it, their home is here and not in those places. The fact that those are Arab countries as well, it like, it's really, it really doesn't matter at all.
0: Yeah, and I, it's I mean- It's just a
1: dehumanizing thing to say.
0: Yeah, and, and I think like at the same time, these countries have a lot to contend with in their treatment of minorities. And I've said that as well before. Um, Yes. And we've talked about that a bit. And so I'm wondering, like, if you want to speak to that, because you were saying, you know, like, you come from, like, a Mizrahi background. Um, What has your experience been like in these kinds of debates, both in terms of, like, how Jewish people are treated in... uh, Arab countries versus, you know, how you're treated in uh, Israeli society as someone who is not
1: uh, Ashkenazi? So I like this question. Thank you. Um, (laughs) So um, there's this discourse um, that I've been exposed to in the last few years um, that says it sort it sort of speaks about the way the Jews were treated in uh, in the Christian world, like in what's called the West. Um, there was not good. It it was not good. <laughs> that's like a good way to to sum it up.
0: Yeah, that's like, one way to to put it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like though, like the, except for like genocides um, that happened a few times. Um, there was also like continuous discrimination. Like mm-hmm. the reason that uh, we see um, Jewish Orthodox people that they have this um, this small uh, skull cap that we call kippah on. Mm-hmm. The reason for that is that Christians in Europe made Jews wear those small hats so they would mark themselves so everybody know um, that they're Jewish and and like decide accordingly like what they want to do. Oh wow!
0: I actually did not know that learn
1: something new every day yeah, and 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 jews sort of like reclaimed it and said mm-hmm. actually we believe that we're supposed to wear those hats because this is uh this symbolizes the separation that we feel that we don't have like this direct uh, connection to god because we're humble and we, we we don't believe that we have this like this access to divinity like that um but but like really it's just about that christians made them do it Wow. Um, so it was bad, I, again, from the Crusades until now. Mm-hmm. And so people react to that and say, but Jews in Muslim countries had it so well. And they give, and every time when they speak about it, they give this one example of, uh, <laughs> of Andalusia. Right. Um, what, where, what, what's also, what's co- called by many the Golden Age. Right. Uh, when Jews were also like even allowed uh, in the court of the king. And I think that something that's, that people failed to mention is that people were allowed to be ministers and in the court of the king was because Jews would never be allowed to be king themselves, so it wasn't dangerous to have them there.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Um, I think what many people don't know is... Um, I'll speak a bit about Yemen because I know about this a little bit more. Right. Um, in Yemen in the 17th century, um, the ruler of Yemen decided that um, that there should be no Jews left in Yemen anymore, um, that Jews should either convert to Islam or they should just not be. And all of the Jews who had chose not to convert uh, were dispossessed and displaced and were sent to uh, to die in the desert, uh, in, in Maozah. It was called Maza exile. I encourage uh, everybody to to learn about this more. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if I remember correctly, two thirds or three quarters of, of the Jewish population of, of Yemen died then and was about to completely be erased. If not uh, for economic reasons, there was a crisis because Uh, there was a shortage of workers now that all the Jews were sent to die. So um, people petitioned to the king to return them as that this is not worth it economically to kill them. Wow. So they were let back uh, to Yemen, but not not to their homes. And a few times, and there was also, if I remember correctly, in the end of the 19th century, around the end of the 19th century um, the Jews of Sana'a which is the capital uh, of Yemen were expelled from Sana'a because we were impure like we were we would drink wine and listen to music which uh, which is uh, how dare you
0: (laughs) exactly yeah sounds like a good time to me
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it does like my my family to be honest, like they, they wouldn't do that, and right. it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting thing because also like Jews were like a part of of, of society and many Yemeni Jews actually don't listen to music with instruments, um, and I believe that it's because of um, the this this influence of like Yemen being historically like very religious and many Muslims like don't listen to, to music like that and Jews oh, wow. also did that. Um, but the way that most Jews would explain it is that uh, we mourn the destruction of the Jewish temple 2000 years ago in, in Jerusalem. And since then, we don't listen to music, which also like is there in the scripture, but but I don't think that like this is the main reason for that.
0: Wow, yeah, that's, that's very fascinating. I, that's like some history that I really, don't know about at all and something that I think more people should know about and you know I, I do think there are like like I said before there are very legitimate grievances and I think that like the way to deal with those grievances is not to say like no like what are you talking about like Jewish people had it so so much better <laughs> in the Middle East than they did in Europe yeah um, it, it and-
1: really makes me mad.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's I, like I think, you know, in general for me, the kind of the like I think what bothers me the most in politics generally is like when people deny reality um or deny facts that are like in their face. And and I think that's definitely um that like that's just just this is a big manifestation of that. So how like how How about in Israeli society like how has that um like how has that maybe changed or impacted um, Mizrahi people in the Middle East
1: um so there is and maybe it's important to me to, to to just um what's the word in English um i'm I'm looking for it (laughs) okay maybe maybe just give me a moment and i'll and i find it and maybe you'll edit it out out, out later or maybe you'll give like like, the please stand by music yeah (laughs)
0: we're gonna give you guys time to contemplate yemen um (laughs) Um,
1: okay the word is not coming back so (laughs) um i think that um that the fact that Jews were mistreated um, constantly in the Middle East and North Africa, as well as th- the rest of the world, mm-hmm. uh, is used by many people. And it's used by um, by Zionists to say the only safe place for Jews anywhere in the world is Israel. And, and that's why Israel must exist. Mm-hmm. And I strongly... Uh, condemn this statement uh, first because um it's it's it creates this um uh, justification to solve an issue by um oppressing and ethnically cleansing another people right. which is never the problem for to oppression you don't solve oppression by creating oppression mm-hmm. and um and like it's it serves many purposes to, to, to speak about this it's also there's there's this discourse like this between like uh, uh, like the clashes of civilizations and like judeo-christian world against the Muslim world and uh, which which sort of um, just um, ignores or try to act as we Arab Jews don't exist at all right and then there's the Uh, the discourse that reacts to it that says, no, actually Jews are with us in in this um, um, Judeo-Muslim world or something like that, which is also ridiculous because um, I think that's like the reasons, the reason that Jews weren't always treated as as equal citizens. There were good times for Jews in the Middle East and North Africa, Mm -hmm. like there were, better times but I think that it makes sense and like this is just the way that the world works that minority groups are very often um, like they get discrimination because like that's how it is so far right. and to relate that to global anti-Semitism is it works for um, Zionists who, who want to preserve this like there must be Israel for the Jews and it also it also works for for anti-Semites who 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 wants there to be like this like one enemy that's clear
0: right interesting yeah yeah I mean it's it's something I think about because like there's currently a lot of oppression against Christians in certain Middle Eastern countries yes. right now and um, also against Shia in some places, and it's kind of like like usually it's when they have minority status, but not always. Like I know, like in Bahrain, Shias are the majority, yet they are uh, kind of treated in less than mm-hmm. ideal ways. Um, but yeah, I mean, in general, I think that's true, and it's kind of sad because. You know, I was talking to someone the other day and they were saying, like, you know, I think that the Middle East will just never be a good place for Christians. Like, I think that's it. Like, Islam has won. Um, And I was just kind of sad to, like, see it thought of in that respect. But maybe that's just, like, very naive of me. But I've always kind of just thought, like, one day (laughs) people are not going to view this in terms of, like, religious stratification it's not going to be like the lebanese confessional system or whatever it is but it is kind of um it is true that like the whole region has had these kinds of conflict, and not even the whole region but just countries all around the world have had this issue right um and so yeah i don't know it's it's upsetting
1: yeah it's it's sad i feel it just it just doesn't really have to be this way it doesn't have to be about like what religion wins and and what religion gets to run the others and i know it's just it's just sad and and on one hand i want i want to say like like we can see that in other countries like in in the world it it doesn't have to be like that but also it's like that in in in, in gentler ways,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, like an or like just like not genocidal, but maybe, but also maybe maybe yes. I, you're making me think of it. It's um, I just feel that the Middle East is just not special.
0: Yeah, I think definitely like academia has uh, and like think tanks and imperialism has like made it yeah seem like it is you know um when a lot of issues that i think also like you know these are older civilizations and so you know like canada is very new um (laughs) like you know there's not a long canadian history so it's not yeah it's just not like but if you there's a lot of things like we talked about earlier like i can definitely see parallels in like canadian society and say like israeli society so i i totally agree it's not like
1: uh yeah and then it's like exactly like you're saying like canada canada is new but like the but having people in it isn't and um and like the oppression and ethnic cleansing that 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 happened there um it also has to do with religion in a way. Like if when when we look at like what's what um, the imperialists of, of history say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was used as it was used as a tool, but but it was also like of course that's like the, the main thing is about it's about colonialism and and, and imperialism. But but religion is used, and I think that like it's still used today, even if like it seems when you listen to people that like this is what it's about that and to them they may be like they believe that too that uh, um that like the ummah or like that um the greater israel that like that it's a, that it's about the religion, and for some people right. it's about it, but but we see that that's like it's about that to them because they make it about it but the things that are happening like i'm like it's not a religious thing that is happening it's 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 people's lives that that are being uh, oppressed
0: yeah i mean that's something that gets me going uh <laughs> when we, like people kind of I a lot of people have tried to make palestine like a muslim issue um yeah which has like just driven me up the wall because (laughs) I mean, I don't know, I could be biased, but like, there's this, I I just really think the erasure of, you know, Christian Arabs or just Christian Middle Eastern people in general has been just very rampant. And it's like, sometimes it's very subtle. Um, Like sometimes people genuinely don't know that there are vibrant Christian communities in the middle east but i do i definitely see like a lot of uh people both like who are muslims and people who are like zionists like have kind of converged on this whole thing like oh it's just a battle of the religions um when yeah it's i really i that's not a good narrative to me i think you know religion is a way of um explaining the world and rationalizing one's relationship to the society that they're in so i get why religious people might want to explain it in religious terms but there's definitely that's definitely not the whole picture in my opinion and so that has that has bothered me <laughs>
1: yeah i think i think there's like there is a ratio of 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 palestinian christians um both by by Zionists and and by um, um, like you say, like um, some Islamists, mm-hmm. and there's this considering Palestine as, as a Muslim issue, and then it's you see it manifests in like this expectations of of most of uh, sorry of um, yeah of Muslim Palestinians to be like the most pious people in the world, right? And, yeah, um, and so like that demonstrations. Have to be um, gender segregated because of it, as if like this is now about um, like performing um, religious law as the way that it should, and not about like freeing a people right. that's under occupation.
0: Yeah. No. Totally. Um, and yeah, like that's something that has really just annoyed me for a very long time. <laughs> And it just doesn't go away, you know? Like I see a lot of um, like liberal Muslims who are not Palestinian, they're not even Arab a lot of the time. And like, they're just like, they think that they have some special authority on the issue because they're Muslim. And they go on these like faith tours or whatever. And I just, I don't know. I don't wanna call anyone out, but. (laughs) I
1: I know exactly what you
0: know who I'm talking yeah and so and it's just like I don't know I just think it's weird to think that like bestows a sort of unique
1: um
0: authority uh on the issue like I was raised Christian but I don't think that like you know I have special authority on like the inner workings of I don't know a random Christian country like I don't know I'm trying to do like Italy or something yeah <laughs> um Switzerland. so yeah yeah exactly so um I, I it's just like I can recite whatever the books of the bible but like, I can't no, so like really it,
1: important that like Palestine is, is like the birthplace of Christianity yeah so, of course yeah and and in history like the, like we we did have like the crusaders who 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 said like we're Christian, and that's why we get addicted to dictate what happens in the holy land? Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's wrong. I yeah. think that what like whatever whatever helps you um, um, feeling empathy, so you can be in solidarity with people, is good. Um, but empathy and solidarity doesn't mean that you set the expectations. Of like from a people of like what religion that they should be and how they should practice that religion. Yeah. It's just that you need to support them because they deserve it.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um my last sort of question for you is that you had mentioned that you worked in the sort of like peace and dialogue industry, which is something we hear a lot about. Um, like I feel like whenever something happens over there you know you kind of hear like all the ngos chiming in and there's always yeah. calls for peace talks and stuff um, would you be interested in speaking to that a little bit so much <laughs> go off
1: <laughs> yeah um, so i'll just I'll just say that like um the way that i was introduced to to, to like to, to to this world of like you can live your whole life as a Jewish citizen of Israel, without ever really having to to address um, the apartheid that's going on here, um, you you can just live your life and and only talk in Hebrew to other Jewish Israelis who who don't experience the apartheid, and it will be just like like you won't get to meet almost ever the people that you, that you oppress. Um, So it is because of uh, dialogue initiations that that I got for the first time in my life to be uh, in a group where Jewish Israelis are not the majority in the room Um, and that everything that's taken for granted um, for Jewish Israelis is now like not, um, it's not necessarily true. Um, so, like, it, it helped me to, to go to meetings like that, and to for, for the first time to meet Palestinians my age, who, who also like don't like me, and I and <laughs> and for the and and I'm shocked, and I don't know why, and and like that sent me to a way to educate myself, and not only trust what what uh, what Israel is telling me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like there's some there's some advantage to um to the peace industry that's that I'm going to thrash soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like it does provide the this opportunity. Um and I, I feel that for change to come and and really like we need we need change here. I want to say as soon as possible, but like with every moment that passes, it's already too late. There's people dying all the time, and 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 when when Palestinians are, are being killed so much, um, like I feel that like it's already lost. Like it's mm-hmm. like it's ended, to, like to to like to them. Um, so um, um but but so like what I'm what I mean is that like the like the ending of apartheid now is 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 really a matter of life life and death and it's as urgent as anything could be. Mm-hmm. Um but now but it's also just a reality, so it's not urgent to a lot of people. Um and meeting like Palestinians and Israelis being together in a room, meeting and, and talking about things is, is an opportunity. I, yeah, I would okay. also, it's an, yeah. It's like, it's especially as, like I said, um, like the Israeli media to right. us yeah. about what's going on now and what happened in history. Like the, all the things that you see in like those propaganda um, websites and, and accounts about um, about like the history of Israel. Um, those are lies that are also told within Israel and the Israelis believe to. It's not only that, that people like project this outside. It's also a reflection of, of, of what people, what Israelis really think. Mm-hmm. Um, so any, any opportunity to, to, to smash that it's, it's a good opportunity. I also, I also think that there's like an internal, there's an essential problem in there that many Palestinians point out, that it's that like those meetings between Palestinians and Israelis, um, is um, like a meeting be- between um, the sword and the neck.
0: Right, the the inf- that clip is, uh, I see it like every week shared by a Marxist
1: Arab diaspora, so, <laughs>
0: but it it's, is a good clip. It's true. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, uh... and, and it's, and, and like, if, if not speaking metaphorically, then it is like soldiers or ex-soldiers or people who are about to become soldiers meeting the Palestinians that they would uh, detain or stop at checkpoints. Mm-hmm. And the expectation is to leave that outside and talk as if things are now equal. And as if f- for Palestinians to meet Israelis, the Israelis go to the IDF to ask for special permission for the Palestinians to enter Israeli territories for a very li- limited and restricted time. Mm-hmm. And there's something like even like very tragic about it, that Palestinians um, who were born or uh, or who have, sorry? I'm trying to um, say that in, in correct English. Um, Palestinians who are from uh, territories, 48 territories that like that are now um, what's considered like within Israel, um, they can't go there, but they can go to Israeli territories if the IDF uh, approves of them not going even to visit their own homes, but to meet with other Israelis to talk about peace. Mm-hmm um the the inequality of just just like seeing this like lack of freedom you know, of movement um really reflects on what those meetings can be and unfortunately it's not like that's not the first layer of 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 um of the limitations and restrictions of um that, that come from the imbalance of power, that's uh, that that usually um, operates those kind of meetings. The 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 meetings between Israelis and Palestinians usually are uh, funded by um, by foreign powers, like philanthropists right, or yeah. or the U.S. government that. Um, that uh, every time when, when the US funds something like this, part of the contract of, of, have, of um, like how to, how to do those programs is that you have to have like this huge banner everywhere, thanking America <laughs> for doing this.
0: Oh my God. Um,
1: so like a part of the budget and not a very small part of the budget is about them taking themselves
0: Wow, I mean, I'm not surprised, but yeah, it's there's so much about like, like you always kind of hear that like, with you know, it's like an American hobby to want to so-called you know solve
1: the Middle East, which
0: is you know a little bit deranged to me.
1: Yeah, and it's and it's. It sort of like answers to to again to the the imperialist, orientalist, racist um, mindset of like we can fix the Middle East, even though like we like the West is is what makes is what keeps the Middle East in 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 the troubles that it has now. Of course, right. that the that people in the Middle East are also like their own people, and some of them like use those powers to. Um, to, to donate to yeah. the problems that, that, that are here. Um, but it is, on one hand, um, the U.S. that, that funds Israel um, heavily. And it's the same U.S. that when you go in streets in the West Bank, you see a lot of like paved roads that, had, that have next to them a very, very big sign that says uh, this paved road is a gift from the American people
0: oh yeah i saw that sign that was like the the trump there's like a big trump sign i think they like Um, renamed something trump something
1: oh do you mean the israel yeah like and maybe what i meant is that (laughs) yeah that's that's another thing what i meant is that um within the west bank the u.s like the u.s has um there's like international USAID Mm, to Israel, and there's the USAID West Bank and Gaza, because they don't recognize um, Palestine being a state yet. Um, And also interestingly, uh, uh, the parts that the US pays for uh, for this international dialogue between Palestinians and Israelis, all of that comes out of the budget of the West Bank and Gaza, and none of it from the budget that they uh, give to Israel. Um, but uh, what I meant is that in the West Bank there are roads that the U.S. Uh, helped to fund to, to pave, like for uh, like for Palestinians. But the but the thing is that um, that again, like contractually, contractually um, Palestinians are obliged to raise huge signs that thank the American people for this wonderful gift. Oh my God. Uh, what you are referring to is um, is the Israeli settlements in the occupied Syrian Golan Heights, right? Um, yeah, yeah. That is named after Trump, and that's like it's got it got like outdated very very quickly. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> it was a bit tacky, but I guess that's uh that's like in the style of Trump. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's very interesting. I I mean, I know like cuz I've worked in like the nonprofit sector and I know there's a lot that goes towards like like when I've negotiated funding, I've definitely been like, yeah, we'll give you like recognition for it in this respect and that's in the contract. So I guess that's not like super surprising. But it does definitely add insult to injury if it's like the US and Palestine. <laughs> so that's that's yeah. really unfortunate.
1: A, a, like another another big, very big problem in the uh, dialogue facilitation world is that the goal is often not really defined. And there's something very vague and, and liberal. Yeah. Let's yeah. just re- recognize the humanity within each other some some of the activities they they end with everybody holding their hands and closing their eyes and wishing for for peace and i i'm all for praying for peace but it but like one it's not about it's not really about like peace and war the mm-hmm. reason that there's a violence is is oppression it's not that because people are violent and hateful right um and also it's like if you close your eyes you just stop seeing things but what you need to do is open your eyes look at the things that are going on address them and stop them
0: right yeah no that's that's really true and yeah I mean I I totally had a thought and now it is definitely slipping but (laughs) but yeah I mean I think this whole like so like oh we just need to talk we just need to recognize one another okay now I remember what I was gonna say it kind of um like to draw sort of another parallel with Canada is like, there's, um, there's this book that I've recently reread and it's called Red Skin White Masks by Glenn Coulthard. And he's an indigenous Canadian political scientist. Um, and he has this like huge critique of liberal recognition politics with Canada's indigenous people which is essentially just being like, yeah, like, we see you. It's like a formalized version of we see you, we hear you, you know, they'll give like a sort of land acknowledgement, which I, I don't know if that's a thing over there, but um, they'll, they'll do, they'll say stuff like, yeah, like we recognize you. And like, they'll do it through legislation. Like, yeah, we'll recognize you as this, but he kind of like argues against that and just kind of says it's kind of another way of managing them like ma- like uh managing indigenous people and like it's another sort of mechanism of control
1: do you mean um, like they're saying like okay you exist but like we still get to get to decide everything
0: yeah basically like they're still kind of like in charge of their affairs right like they ultimately it's canadian courts that decide Whether Aboriginal people have title to certain lands, right? Or they, it's ultimately our courts that um, decide, you know, whether they have rights to a certain resource, uh, like fishing rights that they've been, you know, doing for far below, far uh, before colonization. So it's it's, disheartening. Yeah. Also, it's it's really like it, it kind of, you know i really i i, I definitely recommend cool Hood's book to people because it's it's um it's very refreshing because you especially if you spend a lot of time in academia or in, in like liberal politics you kind of see that a lot like you see like oh we're just going to all talk to each other and like recognize each other um but we're not really going to rectify um things that like in ways that we can't that we don't have full control over you know um
1: so. are you familiar with uh, with the term shoot and cry i don't know if it's an international but like it's a it's a thing yes I
0: yeah in israel i've yeah. we haven't heard that here but i've heard it in the israeli context
1: so it's it sounds a bit like that that like um the, the colonizer is very sad to have to take part in wars, because, like it's it's really unpleasant for the colonizer to be killing so many people and mm-hmm. to meet the violence uh, firsthand. And there's something that's like sort of recognize, recognizes the tragedy, but also like, but sorry, not also, but exclusively, the tragedy of being traumatized by being. The oppressor,
0: right? Like
1: that, it feels bad, and then you make songs and films about it, and and <laughs> it's and, very and American feel too. better. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's there true. is there is um, a comedian, and he said something like, um, you know, you'll go to these countries and you'll kill all their people, and then you'll come back and make movies about how killing these people made you feel sad. Yeah, and. Um, <laughs> but yeah I mean it is I think you know and I've I've written about this a lot and like I feel like I'm just you know giving like a mixtape of things I've written but I have I, I really think that like especially in this era there's a sort of uh the, like the use of trauma the invocation of trauma in politics is is something that's very dominant and so I think it's like becoming more important for groups of people to emphasize their, their trauma in order to gain the upper hand. And so this whole like shoot and cry thing, I don't know how long it's been a thing, but um, I, I really think that like, you know, that's very common. I kind of see that, um, like you have American politicians who kind of pretend that they don't wield as much power as they do by invoking their trauma and so I just think the use of that is very um pervasive so
1: yeah anyway. I think I think originally um originally um the term comes from um from the white wing is like criticism against oh. the, what is perceived as left and like the criticism is like stop crying about what about like the just for war that you're fighting right
0: right it it
1: doesn't make you more uh moral it it, like just shut up about it because like you're doing the things that are needed to be done
0: yeah okay yeah i've definitely heard like that Um, i i feel like that's like less popular now in politics but maybe i don't know like like the context of this really society, because like the, the politicians, like Netanyahu seemed to be kind of like a strong man in that vein. Um,
1: yeah, Netanyahu was once asked in an interview um, in Hebrew, what would he want to be remembered as? And he said, uh, as the protector of Israel. Right, right. And, and we see that.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I think, you know, there's, um, it's funny because like in my law classes and stuff, like recently we've been talking about the notion of being tough on crime and like how that's just always such a popular electoral strategy. Um, but then like, how does that reconcile itself with the fact that like in Canada, A lot of our laws are against, like, like, not a lot, but we have laws against abuse of power. And the metric for measuring that is, like, whether the public would be outraged by it or not. And so it's kind of like, okay, well, if tough on crime is so popular, then would people really be that outraged by it? I don't know. But I think it's getting a bit less popular because I think the way that people are wielding power now is going to be very different um and again maybe Israeli society is also different but I think like in the U.S. and Canada we kind of see it being more insidious we see like Kamala Harris being questioned on you know sending minorities to prison and then being like when I was a little girl (laughs) like I you know what I mean like it's, it's not as um it's not very like tough like the rhetoric is not
1: Oh, I see. You know
0: what I mean? Um, Whereas, like, there are some places where the head of state is more of, like, a strong man. And I think Trump was kind of trying to be like that. And Netanyahu is like that. um, And the the Brazilian guy, Bolsonaro. So, like, there's that kind of vein. But I think, you know, increasingly with the predominance of liberalism, it's going to be more, like... You know, justify Yeah, trauma. I think
1: like I think basically like politics um, in the Middle East and in many other regions and maybe I'll say specifically about Israel, um, like the polit- politics is basically this uh, American thing of uh, like in order to um, to defend yourself from a bad guy with a gun you need a good guy with a gun. Right, um, yeah. And that's like that's also like being tough on crime like being tough is like being violent, and right. if you think that, like, you can like s- solve violence, and like violence is a problem that everybody suffers from. And mm-hmm. if you can, if you think that you can solve violence by being violent, then um, it's just like you either like lie to yourself and others, or just like you you earn something from it, like uh, like Netanyahu, um, was I can't say, um. I can't say it because I feel that I would be persecuted like it's not persecuted. sorry it's a very similar word in english prosecuted is the word that, mm-hmm. that I was trying to say I, so I can't say this because I I might be like sued right okay so i will say that netanyahu allegedly um, um is also also like um earns a lot from all these weapons weapons Um, deals and
0: that wouldn't surprise me
1: (laughs) so so like really it's not about like we're protecting from violence it's it's more like that we have all this violence that is like very um beneficial economically yeah and let's sell it all around
0: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 tend to agree. I, you know, I, this is like probably a year ago now, but I uh, interviewed someone who does research on like board, border security, border policing. And it is crazy how much money is like in involved in these industries. And like, you know, this in, involves government actors, like these companies, they go golfing <laughs> with these, uh, with these government actors and you know they make these very expensive weapons deals um there's a lot of money at stake and i think it's totally fair to suspect that um in multiple places so but of course allegedly
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and when we see that like not only in like with weapons like warplanes, we we also see this with um with, like, oppression of of protests. Um, There's this um, truck, I don't know how to call it, it's, like, a huge tank-like car Mm -hmm. um, that's used to, um, is the word disperse, I think? Disperse in protest? Yeah. Um, Like, it's, like, a water tank that uh, shoots very, very I don't know if, this, if it's like sewage water or it's just something much worse, but it's it smells like hell, and like just like just the power of the cannon like can can hurt your body and like you can you can break bones from from, from that, and um, um, and also it creates this like stench that stays for for days and it doesn't matter how. much, ma- like how many times like you, you take showers? It's it's just it's really really terrible, and like the idea is that at least it's not like it's not bullets, so right. it's okay to use mm-hmm. that at the civilian population. And Israel has sold this idea to many oppressive countries about around the world, and we see that. I think now we see that in India, um, this this huge the truck is called uh, the skunk okay wow that's crazy
0: I feel like I'm like I feel like Joe Rogan right now I'm just like this is so crazy (laughs) um but yeah no wow um again doesn't surprise me but like it's always good to you know get the message out there um and we are definitely uh we're coming up on time it is almost my bedtime we love time zones (laughs) um but it was a pleasure recording this with you and uh is there anything that you want to plug uh or anything you want to promote to the listeners how do people find you
1: um so i i have nothing to to promote really um but if you would like to um to listen more to um the things that i'm angry about um you can follow me on twitter um and look for jerusalem yahudi yahudi means jewish um yeah thank you so much for having me
0: thank you for Um, coming on
1: i'm a fan of this podcast (laughs)
0: the podcast is a fan of you so so yeah thank you for coming on uh i learned a lot And I definitely think that, you know, the work that you're doing is really important. And it's really important to uh, work against the currents of the mainstream media, whatever society you're in, because the people need to know. And so thanks once again. And thanks to the listeners. We'll see you next time. enslaves us